You are listening to Doc Watson's Boxing Update in association with Primal Radio. All right, we're back, Primal Radio. Oh, man, we, we have a new show today we're going to introduce. I um, lost my voice. Hopefully, it's, is it bearable, Tom? Can you hear me? I think it sounds quite sexy, Jim. That, well, you know, like I said, that has been the feedback from the ladies. <laughs> um, it's tough. I am pretty much fucking shouting right now. And I guess it's been a gift because I can't yell at my fucking fighters for not doing what they're supposed to be doing. So uh, it just went, and I talk a lot of shit all day. It's Friday, before we get to our, our, our wonderful month, our new uh, show, it's Friday. I did 11 personal training sessions and then four classes. So that's a lot of training. So And I spar, I don't know, it was a long day, and then yeah. my voice called. You were shouting too much on Friday, and that's why I spoke, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Apparently, I lost my hearing, too. <laughs> but anyway, why don't you introduce our guest, and we'll talk about, you know, how we came up with the show, and I'm excited about it. Yes, yeah, so, so, so this this one's um, it's going from being a guest to a resident. Cast your mind back. It's a year ago, and uh, episode two, I think on the pilot, we talked about my good friend who's a boxing expert. I'd rang him up for, to get some tips, so I sounded like I knew what I was talking about when it came right. to boxing. So uh, we had a great show with him, so uh, anyone can listen to that, go back to, to episode two and hear his views on boxing, and we're going to make that a, a regular monthly thing. So last week you would have listened to Nick Portella talking about MMA, and that's going to be a monthly show, and going forwards we're going to have a monthly boxing update with my, my good friend Andy Watts, aka Dr. Watson. Doc, how you doing, mate? Very good, very good, lads. Pleased to be on the show, excited about this this little uh, ride that we're going to go on together. Yeah, it's great. I'm excited about uh, it. I enjoyed a couple of radio shows that we did, as you say, sort of going back a year, and then I think we did another one about six months ago, and uh, right, right. sort of um, kind of ni- nice to get get kind of get get this as a bit of a regular thing, really, and uh, hopefully folks will like it. Yeah, um, no, they did. We'll get a, we'll get we got a lot of good feedback from the show. Of course, I'm a big boxing fan, and. Uh, and yeah. love talking about all aspects of sport. As we talked earlier, it's probably not. Mate, I, I mean, to be honest, if you know anyone who knows me <laughs> knows I love talking about boxing more than anything. And to be quite frank with you, I don't get as much opportunity to talk about it as, as I would like now that I live in Japan. And, you know, I can count the number <laughs> of people that speak English I know on one hand and the amount of those people that are interested in boxing, well... Uh, <laughs> on, on one finger. So <laughs> it's quite... No, it's, it's excited about this. But I, I remember... It's basically, a, well, I've been in Japan now for just over a year, and it was about right. a little over a year ago when you called me, Tom, and uh, Canelo and Triple G had just had their first fight, and you rang me right. and was like, Doc, I'm doing this, uh, I'm doing this radio show with, uh, with Jim McCann, and I want your opinion on the fight. And you probably didn't realize it at the time, but I was actually driving my old camper van back from the dump or, or what, what might, you might know as a recycling centre, because I was moving out of my house to up sticks and move my life to Tokyo, and I had so much crap, I had to, I had yeah. to dump it off. So you and I were chatting in the... Uh, I was driving along, and, and we were chatting, and uh, to be honest, I, I think we talked a bit about Canelo and Triple G, and yeah. you know, obviously, I, obviously I thought Triple G was, was very unfortunate to end up with a draw. And then I think we ended up talking about all sorts of, all sorts of other stuff and I don't know one of these was it Jack Dempsey's 
falling punch or something that yeah, you guys yeah. were, were learning about in martial arts at the time. And we started talking about that and, and you were like, oh, Andy, oh, do you know what? I love listening to you talk boxing. I was like, oh, thanks, mate. And you said, we've got to get you on the show. We've got to get you on the show. And so kind of that's how it all started, really. And um, I'm never short of an, uh, of an opinion. So hopefully, you know, between that and, you know, the fact that you and I are mates and have got a bit of banter, yeah. um, this it's, it's should make for quite a, good, quite a good mix. And obviously, Jim, to be honest, I mean, you might not be as big a boxing kind of fan as me, but I mean, ah, no, ah. You, you, you know a, a truckload about it as well, don't you? Because sure, I, you train, I live you tra- in You there. train fighters, right. don't you? Exactly. Exactly. I so, right. exactly. But... Uh, yeah, but you're you're so, like a super fan of boxing, so I, like you, you, yeah, you, I am really. I mean, I I'm not an anorak to to be fair, lads. You, you know, you know, and for 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 anyone listening that sort of wants to get a bit of colour around, you know, my background. I'm not a boxing anorak. You know, I don't sort of spend all my day sitting there on on forums or whatever. You know, I have a I have a, <laughs> job, a job to do, and you have and, a bit of a life. But exactly, but. I am a massive boxing fan. I have been for most of my life. I mean, not when I was a real little kid, but I probably fell in love with the sport when I was about 12 or 13, something like that. And then, you know, really started to kind of get into it in my sort of formative kind of teenage years, reading about the likes of Sugar Ray Leonard and, you know, kind of Muhammad Ali. And then, you know, I was starting to sort of follow the, you know, Lewis and Bo and those guys were kind of coming through, you know, around that time, Ben, Eubank, all of that sort of stuff. So I was really, really got into it and I've kind of been a big, big fan um, ever since, you know, and I've kind of flirted with writing on one or two websites, but never really sort of did much about that. Um, and everybody always says to me, oh, what's he, what's he? Well, so I've got too many nicknames, it's ridiculous, but Doc Watson, as I am known on this, you know, you should, you know, you should talk on this or you should write on that, you know, and I'll never get the chance. So it's kind of kind of fun to be doing it here, really. It's happening, yeah, mate. We're I mean, making you famous. Well, you know, I, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's cool. For, for me, there is so much going on in boxing at the moment. Um, and I don't know if it feels that way in, in the US because I think, you know, oh, maybe yeah. in the US, Jim, that boxing is not where it once was, you know, in the glory days. No, but day. I got to tell you what, I think that's a bunch of bullshit. Um, <laughs> boxing is hugely popular. <laughs> um, uh, MMA gets all now because it's much better marketed, much more interesting um, at, at many levels. But boxing's still up there. I mean, even at the, the smaller levels, it's huge. There's a fight every weekend somewhere around, unlike MMA. So I just think that's not, not yeah, really. Yeah, but, you know, the... the if you think about it, you know, guys like me pretty much, you know, I, I, I read about boxing every week and I try and watch as many of the fights as I can by right. whatever means, whatever <laughs> means I can, you know. Um, and when I was in the UK, I try and go to a little bit of the British scene and stuff like that as well. But, you know, for a lot of fans, they're really interested in the big names, right? They're interested in the glory divisions like the heavyweights or the super middleweights, or the welterweights maybe, you know. And, um, you know, for, for many a year, when you thought of the heavyweight champion of the world, immediately you thought of an American, you know, yeah. and that kind of dynamic has shifted a bit over the, over the, over the years. And, and I think it's the heavyweight division that brings people in. You've only got to look at what's going on in the UK at the moment with someone like Anthony Joshua, who's regularly filling 
80,000 seat stadiums. You know, he does it in London, which is where he's from. He can also do it in Wales. Mm. Um, you know, and I don't know what your geographical knowledge of, of London is, or sorry, of England is, um, guys, Jim, but, you know, Wales is it's not that close to London and it's a completely different demographic, you know, but because he's heavyweight champion of the world, he's, he's filling those, those stadiums. So it kind of, yeah, sort of, you know, obviously there's reasons he's very marketable and, you know, good looking and and he's knocking people out and all that stuff. But there's something that, that that goes with the heavyweight championship and, you you know, so. Two, um, two observations on that, Watson, I'll be interested in your view and, and perhaps, Andy's, but one is bit one is the growth of boxing in countries that you've you've never heard of. You know, like sort of there'll be a lot of Did you say Doc Watson, I'll be interested in your view on that and Andy's because you so <laughs> No, sorry, right. I meant and Jim's slight <laughs> split personality. I, but I did not... I did catch <laughs> I'll tell you what Andy thinks, and then I'll tell you what Doc Watson thinks, and see how different they are. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. Um, one is the, the the sort of uptake of boxing in countries that you know maybe are really off the radar. You know, so Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, um, you know, yeah. uh, Bulgaria, wherever. It is. So they're producing top boxers, but you know, you don't necessarily get the draw or the commercial interest from that. And the other one is the role of of, of uh, Eddie Hearn, not the most popular man in the world, but he seems to have really, in the British game, really helped it explode. And he's moving over to America. I think they did their first big fight card over there within the last month. I forget what's what's his company. I can't remember. But go go on, Watson. What's your view on that? You know, yeah, there are some really, really good fighters coming from, you know, from those parts and those quarters of sort of Eastern Europe and, and that sort of Russian sort of area. Obviously, everybody knows, you know, the Klitschko brothers from Ukraine. But we're talking about now with the likes of, you know, Lomachenko and um, uh, Alexander Usig and, you know, and a, and a bunch of others. You know, these guys are, are not only, you know, in, in most cases, like top class world champions, but they're coming through having had absolutely stellar amateur careers and they're picking up world titles in 10 fights or, or, or less, you know, in some cases. So it, there does seem to be these fighters coming through at the moment from that Eastern European region that are bringing a, you know, a different, something different to the game. I don't know if it's a, maybe a slightly different deal set. Certainly when you look at someone like Lamanchenko, he boxes and does things that are a bit different to what we're used to seeing. It's, it's not quite, you know, the, the classic boxing style that, that we're used to. I personally, I absolutely love it. When I watch that guy, I feel like I'm watching greatness. Yeah. Don't you know? Don't get that twisted. I'm not saying he's great yet because he's still got a long way to go. Because he's you know he's not had that many fights, and you know I always think mark of a great champion is is overcoming adversity and all of those different things. And we've not had to see that yet. When you yeah, watch and longevity. Him, Exactly, and consistency. A lot of amateur fights. Right? Incredible, yeah. No, yeah, no, yeah, no, no. You could definitely say he's arguably one, one of the greatest amateurs ever. Sure. But we're talking about as a pro, I wouldn't say, you know, he's a he's an all-time great that should be guaranteed oh, no, into the, well, the fame yet, because as a pro, we need to see stuff. But when you watch him fight, you don't even need to know what his record is or how many titles he's won or any of these great things. When I watch that guy in the ring, I'm just like, I'm watching greatness. And to be fair, not to the same extent, but Usyk 
is pretty special as well. And if if if, if you're not sure who that is, his name's Alexandra Busig, and um, he just won the um, he won the, the World Boxing Super Series. He won the first tournament they've got. Is, a bunch is he of these fighting Bellew? If I made that up, and he, exactly, yeah, he is. And he, he won the cruiserweight tournament pretty much with ease, to to be frank, I think. And um, and now he's fighting Bellew on the 10th of November. And that's a really interesting fight. Skill-wise, you probably a lot of people would say they don't really belong in the same ring together. But Bellew is a, you know, he's a bit of an animal. He's got incredible self-belief. You know, he moved up to heavyweight and beat David Hay twice, handedly, particularly the second time. And obviously, admittedly, David Hay, you know, was a shadow of his yeah. former self and carrying every injury you could imagine. But you know, there's something about Bellew that, that you kind of don't want to write him off. You know, even when he won his his cruiserweight title, you know, I think he got off the floor um, from being knocked, you know, he got knocked down, got up, and then knocked his opponent out. I can't remember if it was the same round or maybe it wasn't the same round. Might he's the dropped next back round. down the weight or not? He's Is dropping this... back down. So, from what I'm seeing... You know, he's training really, really hard. He's getting the weight off. I mean, it's always a bit of a worry, right? But he's only dropping from... I mean, it's always a bit of a worry when you see fighters taking weight off. And, you you know, if you rewind back several years, Belly was a light heavyweight. And if you see him today, when you see him fighting or doing commentary or whatever on the TV, I mean, you can't believe that guy was a light heavyweight. You know, 12 stone 8. I don't know... I, I don't know how he did it. I mean, he's he's about six foot three. Um, but this time, he's going back down to cruiserweight. And so, you know, it's not a massive amount of weight to strip off. So I think he'll be, I think he'll be all right. But he is up against the sort of Usyk. He's a little bit like a cruiserweight version of Lomachenko. You know, maybe not quite that good, but he's exceptionally good. So that's going to be a re- really interesting fight. We're seeing the sort of flair getting produced, um, and maybe a question for Jim, really, but like you had fighters like Mayweather, Roy Jones Jr., incredible skill level, and those kind of guys are now popping up all around the world, you know, like Lomachenko, Triple G being examples. And what's your view, Jim? And I know you said it's bullshit, but I do, I do think there's been a, a, a slight downgrading in the quality of the US and I spoke on another show about how right. you hadn't picked up many Olympics at the, many medals at the London Olympics right um, and I don't know whether that trend continued into whatever the one after was Rio Rio well you know I think you're right there's fewer fewer kids going doing boxing I guess they're doing other sports boxing in the yeah. US is completely self-funded um so I don't know how it works in the UK and some other countries. Maybe there's some money grants and are sponsored by the, the, the government. But in the U.S., it is not. So my entire boxing program is funded by me. Now, you would think, well, you're make, they're paying a fee. They're paying a nominal fee to come to the gym. Mm. From a business perspective, everything says get rid of that boxing program for the, for the USA yeah. box. Because there's no money to be made in it. It's a poor man's sport. And, um, and, and Jim, if you're if you're a heavyweight sized athlete, you know who's right. hugely athletic, you're going to have a crack at basketball or American football, aren't you? First, where you've got a lot more chance right. of earning money, even at the college level. And then well, if maybe if you're, right, and then I'm not sure 
I might be talking out of turn. Does does the same apply to something like baseball for the slightly smaller guys? I, I don't know, but no, no, you're you right. Know, I think right. They, they, they ain't going. They're not going into boxing, are they? That's no, the thing. They're not going into boxing like they used to go into boxing. Look, if a kid wants to get out of the ghetto and they can play yeah. football or box, it's probably better to play football. He'll probably get a scholarship or there's a potential of a scholarship to go to university. So he gets an education and he gets a you know a chance. In boxing, there's no guarantee of any, on any level. There's no money there. Exactly. So, I sort of feel like, you know, I feel like it's starting to change in the sense that I think people are getting people are as interested in boxing right now as they have, you know, it's a, it's a high, isn't it? I think, I think, you know, and so, and you've got some really good fighters in, in the U S as well, you know, like Terence Bud Crawford and Errol Spence. I mean, they're, they are outstanding boxers, albeit, and, you know, I think uh, light welterweight and welterweight, I, I believe respectively. And then, um, you know, Wilder, certainly not the most skilled heavyweight champion. I personally think that Wilder, is maybe the most dangerous of the heavyweight champions. I can't quite say that he's going to win, you know, out of a sort of a tournament, if you will, between sort of him and Fury, the lineal champion in most people's hey, eyes. Joshua and all of that. But to be honest, I think it's too... I've, oh, do you know what? I'm back and forth on this. I think it's a calculated risk for Fury that... You know, I don't blame him for taking because he's sure. going to get payday and all the rest of it. I think it's a bit too early. I mean, the guy was out of the ring for a couple of years. He's come back and fought, you know, nobody really. Um, in fact, arguably his first fight was was a, was ridiculous. Right? Oh, but fair enough, he's been out a couple of years, so we can't knock him too bad. The second fight, you know, should have been against... Or, or his third fight should be at least against, you know, a credible sort of domestic level type fighter. Maybe, you know, someone in the top 20 of the world, world top 20 or something like that, or or, or, or high up in, in, you know, in Britain, for example, because Tyson Fury is British. Um, and, it, you know, and instead, his second fight was against, a, you know, another sort of, you know, no one of any notes. It was easy, easy fare. He did get some round uns under his belt. And, and I think he looks sprightly and sort of fit enough. But now in his third comeback fight, he's going in against Fury. And, right. uh, sorry, he's going in against Wilder. Uh, it would be quite interesting to see if he was fighting himself. I have, I have seen him uppercut himself once in, in one of his fights. But uh, <laughs> he, he, he is fighting Wilder. And it, I just think maybe it's a bit too soon. And I fancy Wilder is going to win by knockout. Well, probably. But, I tell you, but I tell you this. I absolutely think Fury can make Wilder look pretty foolish for as long as that fight lasts. You know, Fury's a really, really sort of naturally skillful boxer and a pretty unorthodox. He, he moves and does things like a middleweight and obviously he's a gigantic heavyweight, but he hasn't got a particularly hard punch by the standards of hard punching heavyweights like Wilder or or a Lennox Lewis or a Tyson or somebody like that. But he's got massive size, right? I think he's even taller than... I, th I think he's taller than, than Wilder, isn't he? So yeah. I think it's a really interesting fight, mate. Um, bit, of a long, bit of a long answer for you, but I think it's a bit too soon for Fury. And I, I've, I've a feeling he's going to get, get knocked out. But I, you, you know what? I know other people that think he's absolutely played a blind up. He's timed it perfectly. He's going to wipe the floor with Wilder because... 
Wilder won't be able to hit him. He's going to just outbox him and befuddle him and pick up a title. And then he can do what he wants. He can go for unification with Joshua and make huge money because that would be a huge fight or he can have some defences or whatever he wants. But I think Wilder gets through that fight. I think he gets really outboxed and then he pulls that bomb out somewhere like he seems to always do. That's, that's what. what do you make at a press conference, handbags? Seems a bit staged, doesn't it, really? Um, I think they like each other, to be honest with you. I, I think they respect each other and like each other and, you know, and are just doing what they need to do to, to sell the fight. And to be honest, in this day and age, it actually works. I mean, you get, you know, diehard fans saying, oh, this is rubbish, you know, it isn't, it's not real needle and, you know, this is a circus. But in reality, Conor McGregor has proved this beyond any doubt. You know, mm. if you go in and throw a few fucks around and kind of give each other a bit of abuse, people buy it. And so I don't blame them, to be honest. Yeah, it seems like a little much, like you said, a little bit staged. You know, they're trying to follow suit. Some of these guys, um, like McGregor, is arguably the greatest shit talker ever. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't think even Ali's at his level, to be brutally honest. Um, no, no, you're right. Far, right, and uh, then you have other guys doing it, um, and and just not real good. You know, you know, calling each other names and pretending they're going to fight her. Maybe they're really angry. I don't know, but I think it. It takes away from the sport a little bit. I think it has to. McGregor does it masterfully. He is a genius when it comes to that. And uh, it's real tough for other guys to to do it um, at that level. And, and they can't seem to do it. And usually I find myself when I see it more annoyed than anything else and kind of tuned it out. That's how I get. So you guys know that I'm not the biggest McGregor fan. I'm like one of those. Right. Kind of gets me. But if, if, if I'm watching it, I can't put it down because I, I love to see it. But I don't like that sharpness of his tongue and the level of, you know, that he puts the fighters down. Because, because you know, most fighters are not, are, are leagues below him in their sort of elocution and their ability, their quick wittedness and all the rest of it. So you kind of find yourself feeling a bit sorry for him, really, and just thinking, right. look, just let the fight do this. I think on, on, on that sort of subject, so that the thing with. It, Fury is a is a real joker, and a lot of people like that. And I think the heavyweight game or boxing in general missed him when he was away. I was one of the people that, for a while, that just used to sit there and think, "Oh God, it's so embarrassing." You know, I wish he could act with a bit more class. But when he was gone, I thought, actually, we miss him. You know, I like it. And what I've also come to sort of admire about Fury is he's genuine. Actually, you know what you're getting. There's no sort of fake politeness or whatever what you get is how he feels so you know sometimes he's really nice and other times he says some sort of weird shit but that's how he feels and I kind of like that but when it comes to him and Wilder I don't find it very authentic you know I think it's a bit staged and I think you can sort of see that whereas I'm sure with a McGregor I'm pretty sure that he doesn't like hate all of his opponents and all the rest of it but he he's quite believable isn't he when he's Saying all the things and slagging them off. And- yeah, I wondered whether he'd maybe gone. Uh, I mean, this is this is talking about MMA, but I wondered whether he'd gone a little bit far with uh, Khabib because he mocking his religion, mocking um, 
uh, mocking his father about about you know stuff of Chechnya and Russia relationship. Oh, I don't know too much about that, but I could say just based on what you've just told me, in my opinion, you know that ain't on. It's a bit too no. far. But yes, yeah, so I, th- I think Fury Wilder. It's a really interesting fight. I think it's one of those fights, mate, where people are going to get really interested in the last two three weeks before the fight when you really realise it's happening and it's real, and that these two massive, you know, six foot eight inch heavyweights are going to get in there and. You know, and you never know what you're going to get with Fury. There's a lot of people that think, you know, maybe Fury's a bit overrated because aside from beating Vladimir Klitschko, what's he really done? You know, and this sort of some people feel feel like that. But the manner in which he played with Vladimir Klitschko, when you consider the performance that Vladimir Klitschko put in when he came back and fought Fury, uh, Joshua, yeah, uh, and got off the floor and all the rest of it, Fury, one way or another, turned him into a bloke who couldn't throw any punches. I always say this, you, you, if, if a guy is hitting you in the face and sort of making you miss, he doesn't necessarily need to be hitting you in the face really, really hard. It's just hard enough. And then, you know, that other guy can become quite gun-shy. You know, Klitschko, he, he, he couldn't get anything off that night. No. Maybe a bad night, or maybe it's because sort of every time he tried to throw a shot, you know, he missed or he got a little jab back or whatever, you know, hats off to him. So I think it's, a, it's an interesting fight, but and then, I've got a few Wilder will win by by knockout. What what happens next? Like Joshua's got a a slot in the diary for a fight in April. Does the winner of this go into that? You know, I know there's a lot of contractual negotiations there between you know, Eddie Heard and the Wilder's camp. What's your uh, take on all that? My view is a lot depends on how both fighters look on December the first. Well, it's difficult for me to imagine Fury coming out and looking like a sort of wrecking ball. But Fury might fiddle and poke and outbox Wilder and you know and win. Yeah. Wilder, on the other hand, it's very easy to imagine Wilder coming out, scoring a highlight reel knockout, right? Because it's done that before. And you know, so I think it depends what happens. Because I don't think they necessarily want to let anyone near Joshua that they think is really going to derail the train. You know, so I think if Wilder Wilder was to win, but show some vulnerabilities and whatnot, then you're sort of back where you were before. And they'll talk about making the fight. Maybe they will, but that's what they've talked about. I don't see it happening in a hurry. Fury wins, on the other hand. I I could imagine that that fight with Joshua gets made. He's a threat to Joshua in the sense that he'd probably outbox him for as long as that fight lasts. So if that fight lasts 12 rounds, I think Fury probably outboxed Joshua for 12 rounds and win. That flight lasts 10 rounds. Fury probably outboxes Joshua for much of that 10 rounds and then gets knocked out. You know, that that's how I would personally see it. No doubt, you know, AJ would, would think that he can handle Fury, but it's not really about what he thinks. It's probably more about what Eddie Hearn thinks. And, you know, they are making a lot of money at the moment. So I'm not, I'm not convinced either of these two fights happen in a hurry, but I would think, Fury is the more likely of the two. It'd be a huge fight in England. Would fill a stadium. Would generate enormous amounts of money. And I think you'd have to fancy Joshua to win that fight inside the distance. He's been far more active. He's getting better. His last fight, we saw Joshua kind of like get punished a little bit and, and outboxed a bit at times by Povetkin. But Joshua also showed a lot of sides to his game. 
that that we've not seen before. You know, you know, and 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 he he was very calm under pressure, very very calm under that pressure. When he was a couple of when he lost a few rounds and Povetkin was getting inside and connecting with nice hooks and uppercuts and things, Joshua didn't fall apart, did he? He he was so composed and got himself back on track and got the job done. So he's getting better all the time. Um, so I I think I'd you know. If, it's, if, if, if Fury was to get past Wilder and then fight Joshua, I'd fancy Joshua, and I think his team would as well. But if Wilder gets past Fury, which I expect him to do, I don't think that fight is much closer to happening because I think he's a real danger to Joshua. Changing the subject a little here, over the last two weeks, I saw on Facebook you'd been at a boxing event and you picked up the gloves over there, you're getting in the gym. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Bit of a mad couple of weeks, really. As you know, I haven't done any training for ages. Been over here, a couple of busted knees and I've not done anything. And I finally kind of thought, I've got to sort this out. So found this gym, didn't really know anything about it, to tell you the truth. I just sort of got referred to it. I went to a couple of gyms and I thought they looked a bit crap. So I was like, look, you know, I want a real sort of boxing gym. I can do a bit of sparring. I got referred to this place, walked in there, done a couple of sessions. And then um, I joined on the Monday and I think I went every day. And then on the Wednesday or the Thursday, in walks this guy, Juan Carlos Piano, who was fighting in the um, Super Series of Boxing, you know, WBSS, that, that was taking place in Tokyo uh, two weeks ago. So, of course, he came in the gym and was training. So it was kind of... For for me, as obviously a fight fan, it was wicked. You know, I got to meet him and I had a chat to his um, to his coach Herman, who also trains Luis Luis Ortiz, who had a really good fight with Wilder. And it looks looks like we've just heard this week that Ortiz is going to fight Dylan White. That's yeah. a really good fight, by the way. I don't get too, too sidetracked on that, but that that's a really good fight. Funny enough, I was talking to his trainer Herman about that, and he was saying, "Oh, we've offered these fight. You know, we've offered." Dylan White, we've offered Derek Shorter. They don't, they don't want it. They don't want it. But that, that's that's just circulating on social media, and I think they're going to fight each other very soon. So anyway, you know, I met these guys in the gym. It's really cool. One of the guys at the gym that I've been doing some training with doesn't speak any English. He's a lovely, lovely guy. I think his name. He's from Dominican Republic, and I think his name in the Dominican Republic is uh, Vladdy or something like that. But in Japan, it, it, they've nicknamed him. Destination Japan, and uh, I've got no idea why, because it's the least catchy nickname I've ever heard. But you know, we, I am in Japan, and um, you know they, they do name things a bit weirdly. So I met him, and he doesn't speak any English, but he, he was kind of grabbing me, and he was saying, "My friend, English TV," you know, through broken, and uh, I figured out what he meant was my friend's fighting on English TV this weekend. And, and of course, then he walks piano and it turns out that they're like literally like um, childhood friends from the Dominican Republic. So I kind of got chatting to all those guys and I said, look, I'll try and come to the fight at the weekend and support you. And uh, they said, oh, you know, you're the only person they're supporting us. Sorry, rewinding back a little bit. I mean, this is funny. Obviously, I knew the fight was taking place, but I've just started training again and my brain was a bit frazzled and I'd just sort of come off the bag and I was all over the place. And I said to Herman, so, you know, who are you fighting at the weekend? I said, as, as long as you're not fighting that bloke they call the monster, because he is absolutely killing everybody. And he went, yeah, yeah, that's who we're fighting. We're fighting the monster. And I was like, oh, okay. Can I take that back? I was a bit embarrassed. 
So Piano was obviously fighting in the in the um, in the World Boxing Super Series last weekend, and then coincidentally, I put a post about that. I think you saw, and then through a through a friend of mine, basically got in touch and said, Doc, actually, my nephew is the producer for the World Super Series of Boxing for all their TV stuff. He's in Tokyo. I'll hook you up. He introduced me to his nephew Ross and. You know, we got sort of chatting and we're kind of going to go out for a beer. And then he was saying, look, you know, I need some tips and tricks for where we can film and all this sort of stuff. And long and short of it, they ended up coming to my apartment with Callie Sureland, who's the, you know, the promoter from the the Sureland brothers promoting the World Boxing Super Series. They actually came to my apartment and filmed from my balcony for this documentary that they're making. So if if you go on YouTube and you look, uh, they've got their own YouTube channel. They do a bit of build-up and stuff like that. And they broadcast most of the um, uh, World Boxing Super Series tournaments on YouTube for free, actually. You can get it on Dazing. I pronounced that right. And you can get it on YouTube as well. But what they do, after the fight, day or two after the, after each show, they, they do a documentary called The Day After. And it, it's a bit of a retrospect on the fight. They show you a bit of build-up through the week of the fight and then a little bit from the fight and a kind of little bit from the winner and the loser. And they... Uh, and they filmed it, you know, I've got, a, I'm fortunate enough to have a pretty good, pretty good view across Tokyo from, from my apartment. So they came and filmed it on the balcony and uh, it was a really, really, really cool experience. Callie's really nice bloke, turned up with a bird in tow. Probably shouldn't say that, but, you know, did. And it was pretty, pretty cool. And I, because obviously I've heard that, I've heard that he's a bit of a lad. And I, I just straight away, I thought, lad. Um, yeah. And uh, re- re- but really nice bloke, and uh, you know, all, so they, they they filmed this. We had a bit of a chat and watched them do their interviews and all that sort of stuff. And you know, um, he gave them some tips on where to go and what to do. And then basically, as he was leaving, he said, "If you want to get a babysitter, mate, um, I'll sort you out with." I, I mean, we were going to go, but I would have just bought cheap seats, and he said, "I'll sort you out with, uh, you know, with tickets." So we thought, oh, you know, brilliant. So we got a babysitter. Eliza and I went to the show and uh, we had to sort of go around the back where the trucks were, where they do all the, you know, the camera crews and all of that sort of stuff. And uh, and the producer ran out. It was like threw a couple of tickets at me and kind of said, I've got to go. You know, the, the first fighters are literally about to come in because we were a bit late. So, we, of course, we grabbed these tickets, ran round and they were like front row seats. Like, like, I mean, literally front row. I've, I've been ringside before. I've never been that close. So I, I had basically uh, Callie himself sitting in front of me and then the timekeeper more or less in front of him. So I was as close to the ring as, as, as you could be. And if you've ever been to, probably not that many people listening haven't been to the World Boxing Super Series, but you've seen it on TV. It's a really, really, really good show that they put on with all the, the lights the format, they, they turn the arena into a circle. So it's like the old gladiatorial days. They've got the same light get up that they use all of the shows, wherever they are in the world. They have this format where the fighters come in and they have to, you know, step into the light and stand on these podiums. And then they both enter the ring at the same time. You know, not just the champion going in first and then the other guy. They step into the ring at the same time. Really, really, really good. And I'm really glad it was good because the main event was over in 70 seconds. No, <laughs> I didn't pay for my tickets, but if I'd have paid 50,000 yen for uh, front row seats for a fight that lasted 70 seconds, I think I might have been a little bit gutted. But the, the whole show was was epic. So it was a, 
it was a great experience. And funny enough, we watched the documentary on YouTube earlier, you know, and saw the interview and all the bits that they filmed off the balcony. Can I be honest? It's about 15 seconds. <laughs> I think they were, I think they were at my house for about an hour and they did a really good interview with Kelly Sewell. And I was fascinated listening to him because I was quite surprised at how good he was because they interviewed him for about 20 minutes and it was like, I did, they did one cut out, you know, one bit where they sort of stopped and said, can you do that again? He was obviously very passionate and knows his shit about the whole format of the show and what they're doing and why they're doing it. And they, and they, they, they trimmed that down to about 15 seconds. So, uh, but yeah, it was, it was, you know, it was cool. All right, well, so, so time-wise, I just want to run through a few things, so that, like some short views on a few recent issues and, and upcoming fights. So, AJ Povetkin, high level it. Really good fight. To be honest, I thought Povetkin did really, really well. You know, I've had a bit of a dim view of him because of his drugs, um, failed tests and cheat issues and, and whatnot. But I think he he actually really performed and um, probably won a few fans in, in his effort, made Joshua look a little... I was going to say novice, I shouldn't say that. I, I just, you know, he, out, but he outboxed Joshua a little bit at times. Yeah. But I think it's a very measured, calm, well-thought-out performance from Joshua. And the thing that I liked about it most was that Joshua kept his head when he was clearly getting outboxed. And, you know, I think he got his nose done again and he was getting hit by some really good hard shots and not everything he was doing was working. Probably for the first time faced with a much smaller guy that was quick and had the angles that could get inside. And I was really impressed with how Joshua just kept his head together. And then... You know, once Joshua hit him, puts his foot down, he's very accurate with his punches and his shot selection. He doesn't waste anything. Um, doesn't, like, fall onto his opponent or, you know, swing from the rafters. And obviously, it's really hard. So, he, he got him out of there. And I thought it was I thought it was actually a really, oddly, it was actually a really impressive performance from both guys. Even, even you know, Povetkin, who, who got knocked out. And Canelo Triple G, two. Some scoring controversy, some people said. I think you weren't really of that opinion. It was a really weird one for me. Everybody seemed to say, you know, Triple G, done enough to win, should have won. I watched it in a pub in Japan. It was like midday. So I wanted to set that out because it's not like it was at night time and everybody was drunk and, you know, not paying attention. It was midday, civilised affair, Sunday roast, watched the fight. And everyone in the pub, including me, thought Canelo was winning the fight. Right now, I was watching a Japanese broadcast with Japanese commentary, so I couldn't understand anything that was being said. It really looked to me like Canelo was kind of getting the better of it and, and, and deserved the win. Right? And in fact, I was showing my scorecard to a few fellas that I met in there from the UK, and they seemed to know their boxing a bit, and they said, oh, I think you're being a bit generous to Triple G. And I, you know, and I was like, yeah, do you know what? I think I'm, I think I am. And I still had Canelo winning, but mm. I think, you know, it was, we felt like it was, should have been a bit wider. Then I went home and I downloaded the HBO broadcast, watched that a couple of days later, and I just saw the fight completely differently. I thought that Triple G won the fight by a couple of rounds. I thought he was very unlucky to, to, to not get the win. I thought his jab was really good. I thought the way he pressed it was really good. I did think that Canelo boxed really, really well. A bit like after the first fight, you felt like if Canelo did a bit more, he definitely had the beating of Triple G. I'm watching it for the second time. I thought Triple G won just like everybody else did. So 
I guess I wouldn't exactly call it, you know, a massive robbery, but I feel bad for Triple G that in, you know, in two fights he's come that most people think he won, he's come away with a draw and a loss. Yeah. And no, and, and, stop, stop and there's a th- do you think there'll be a third one? I mean, he's it, Triple G's thirty six now. Do you think there'll be a third fight of that? Is there a desire well, and appetite for that? Well, the, the Triple G is going to fight um, uh, one of the Charlo brothers, and that fight is a mandatory for Canelo, which is just kind of crazy. And I, I imagine that Triple G, I don't know what he's thinking, but if I was him, I'd be thinking, Jesus Christ, I want to do that a third time, you know, yeah, because to do, yeah, right. He's getting, and, and let's be real, right? Triple G is going to get a bit older, and obviously Canelo is he's getting better because of their ages and, and and whatnot, and you know, so. I don't know. It looks like it could happen a third time, but I'm not sure how much Triple G would want it. But I tell you what, I had a question after I watched the fight, and I've not had an answer to this question. If anybody knows, I'd love to know. And this is, the fight is broadcast around the world, different broadcasters, HBO in America, Sky Sports in the UK, um, whoever it was in Japan, etc., etc. You get the idea. Do they all use the same set of cameras? Are is everybody watching the same fight from the same angle, or are there different cameramen there representing different TV crews? I don't think I've ever thought of this before, and I've never asked the question before. But this came to me after the fight because when I watched it the first time on the Japanese broadcast, I definitely felt like I was seeing a lot more of Canelo. You know, I felt like I was really appreciating his work. And watching the American broadcast, I felt like, oh, this is a completely different fight. I'm seeing so much more of Canelo here. And it just got me thinking, is it a bit like where you've got the judges that are in the three different, you know, positions of the ring? And therefore, you can say, you know, with the subjective nature of boxing, and, and if one guy's sitting on one side, he sees the fight slightly differently. Still the same fight, but slightly differently to the guy on the other side. And is that is that possibly true of broadcasts in different regions and I don't suppose there are many people that have ever sat down and watched a world title fight in Japan and then gone and watched it in America you know it's you know so an unusual situation but it got me thinking and made me wonder I'm not 100% sure either and the only thing I can really liken it to is say something like where you're watching the World Cup and there's um, you know all the countries around the world be watching the World Cup and you, you can't imagine 180 different sets of cameras so I think they're no, getting I mean, no. the same thing. That said, yeah. there might be a producer who's taking different cuts. So they're say, you know, they're, they're obviously if you're, uh, you know, the English version, you're going to want to see England fans getting highlighted a little bit more, maybe. But um, yeah, I, I don't know the answer. I'll try and get one for you, Doc. Um, <laughs> so, listen, Tom, I know we, I know we're sort of, you know, we, we're probably taking a bit longer here, but it's the first show. And, you know, we're all a bit excited, but. So I just want to say, you know, before we sort of wrap up, check out the fight um, that I went to the other week. Uh, Nao Inoue, who's the, um, you know, the, the um, bantamweight champion from Japan, and his fight against uh, Juan Carlos Piano. It is possibly the best one-two punch knockout, you know, the old one-two combination I've ever seen. Is the first meaningful punch that he threw of the fight, effectively. And it was such a heavy knockout. It was quite horrible, because obviously I'd met the guy earlier in the week and he was so such, such a nice guy, such a gentleman, that I, you know, I couldn't help but sort of be rooting for him. It was a 
clinical, horrible, horrible knockout. You can see it on there on on YouTube. It's still up on there. It's a seventy second fight, so I think just watch it. It might make you want to watch this World Boxing Super Series tournament because even a lot of people think, oh, bantamweights. You know, more casual fans maybe not so interested in the lighter weights. There's a few knockout artists in that tournament, and yeah. in a way, isn't it? absolute knockout artist his nickname is the monster and it's the most appropriate nickname in the whole of boxing so check that out there's a few interesting fights coming up yeah Saunders Andrade is that one on your list yes but that fight uh, looks like it's off Saunders has failed a a drugs test it's a bit controversial or a bit maybe it is maybe it isn't he's failed for a chemical called oxyfluorine that Apparently, you is is present in some nasal sprays, and he's obviously you know his team are saying that he, he was using a nasal spray in the build up to the fight. Yeah. Um, but um, they, they've passed a, a ban. They banned him for the fight, and I, I believe he's got. A, I'm not sure if he's lo- being stripped of his title or if he's relinquishing it. But it looks like he's he's got a part with his WBO middleweight title. It seems a, an awful shame, but it is what it is. I mean, failed a drugs test, so um, so that fight appears to be off. Danny Jacobs is fighting Sergi Derevyanchenko. That's 27th this month in, in New York. That that you know that should be a really good fight because Sergi's a 12. So going back to that example, what you asked me earlier about these Eastern Europeans, Derevyanchenko, I dare to say it again, is a 12 and 0 Ukrainian. Um, I think with um, with a pretty stellar amateur background. I hope I'm not confusing that with with someone else. Cause I'm not. Not super up on him, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that I've, I've read that he's got a really strong amateur background. He's obviously Danny Jacobs, really good fighter that some people felt actually deserved to get the nod in his fight against Triple G. So that's going to be a really good fight. Um, so there's a few good fighters coming up with US fighters involved. And I say that because I know Jim is from, you know, from the US and, and, and a lot of people are sort of saying that there's nothing exciting happening in America on the boxing front. And that's kind of not, not true. Yeah, and we're, we're, we're obviously audience-wise, we're kind of split between the UK there and, and people like you dotted around the world. So uh, we need to keep keep an eye on the US audience. Look, Doc, man, it's been, it's been great having you on the show. Obviously, this is going to be a regular thing. Website's going to go up uh, over the next week or so, and you're also going to post the odd article there, I think. It's going to be a fantastic collaboration, and we've got you on, I think it's a five-year contract, right? <laughs> that sounds like what I've been spun out here in Japan, you know. Um, hope. <laughs> But yeah, I will. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna write a few pieces on the website. I, I might actually write a little bit about that fight, in a way fight. I was so taken by the. I mean, it's a two punch combination that knocked him out. But there's so much skill. I wanted to talk about it on the show, but we've sort of gone on a bit. But I'm gonna write a bit about that. It's just a sublime knockout. You need to really watch it a couple of times in slow motion yeah. just to see what he did. He's an orthodox fighter that's just knocked out of southpaw, and the way he did it. He, you know, he he, uh, he went against all the rules. Um, yeah, in yeah. The, you know, in the, he moved inside the foot instead of outside the foot, and blah blah blah. So it's amazing. So I'm going to write a bit about that and some other stuff. So hopefully, um, you guys will enjoy reading that. A little bit of a short update. I know there's you know shitloads out there already everywhere that you you can read. But if you're a boxing fan, then you can never get enough, can you? So uh, yeah, it sounds like oh. your daughter's li- missing her dad, the baby. So uh, I'll, I'll let uh, you go, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Victoria. She's. Uh, She's crying for me, so I better go. Great show. Thank you, Doc. Peace out.
have been listening to Primal Radio in association with Primal Gym and Primal Promotions. Primal Radio is available on all good podcast venues. To help us grow, please subscribe, like it, share it, and leave us a great review.